you're listening to this, it means I was able to finagle one more episode for season one. And my plan for this episode was to throw together a few stories collected from folks that I've never even met, but shared their stories through the gift that is technology. And it's been sitting for a few weeks because I ran into some issues. Um, There's one story that hopefully you will hear in season three uh, from uh, a guy named Kurt who has just a powerful story. And we sat for like 45 minutes sharing the stories and then realized we both thought the other person was recording. It's actually a my bad because I had misread uh, a message between us. And we both decided that we're just going to trust God on this, that maybe uh, it was that we needed to just sit together without it being a podcast, just listening to each other's words and stories. Or maybe it is that there is more of that story that God wants to tell, that God wanted to prep me for, so that in season three, when we put in an episode, it'll be even uh, more of a display of God's power and goodness. But I do have two for you today, so this will be a shorter episode. And first, you're going to hear from my friend Remy. Uh, I met Remy when he invited me to share my thoughts on Christian leadership on his podcast, On My Mind, Random Thoughts with Remy Keen. And... Remy graciously uh, recorded and sent over his story. And then there is another story, very, 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 very short, from a friend that sent a brief voicemail through the Where Did You See God number. In season two, it is going to be a very different format. Uh, My wife and I are going to be in the midst of something called the Discipleship Training School. It's going to be basically like going back to full-time classes and learning what it's going to look like to serve God as a family. Uh, But our hope is to share our stories, to share what God is teaching us to process together on a weekly basis. So season two is going to be different. But uh, I want you to know that your stories are still welcome. I still value your stories. So still feel free to share them, whether it's through Facebook, through the Anchor app, through the voicemail, through email, through Carrier Pigeon, whatever the method, whatever the means, continue to share your stories because God is giving you stories to tell. And so I'm grateful for Remy sharing his, and I'm grateful for you listening. Uh, Be encouraged. This is episode 28 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Jeremy. First of all, I want to thank Paul for the opportunity to be on this podcast. Uh, I uh, am excited to share with you today. So uh, without further ado, I want to get right in uh, to the topic. Where did I see God? Um, Honestly, I see him a lot more now than I used to. But I want to go back to a time when I was a younger man. I was a younger husband. And I didn't have confidence in God. I didn't have the confidence that I now have in the fact that God loves me and God is for me and God is my father. I saw him more as a uh, ruler, a king, a... uh, I knew that people called him dad or father, but I didn't really see him as my father. I saw him as, you know, Jesus's father who uh, sent him, uh, and, you know, I didn't really fully understand the way I do now um, 
how much God loved me. Uh, so the way I saw God uh, and this time of my life was I was a young husband, uh, newly married, and I lost my job. Uh, I basically got caught up in a situation that I was just unfortunate to be in, and unfortunately it hit a wall that I didn't, I wasn't able to come back from. Um, wrongfully terminated from that job, uh, the court case, they later <laughs> um, decided that I should have not been uh, terminated in the first place. However, uh, I, that's where I saw God. I saw him even more in a loving and better way. How I saw God through this. So I was, I was fired, and then I almost a couple months later got another job for a cell phone company. Uh, but it wasn't like a corporate job. It was a, a like a secondary sales position. Uh, so I was I was selling cell phone contracts, basically cell phone plans with that carrier. Um, when I was selling them, I uh, couldn't hit the quotas, um, and I can point fingers and say a whole bunch of things, but um, the main thing that I would say is that I uh, just wasn't able to perform the way that they needed me to. And I understood that that's what a sales job was, is you kind of have to perform the way they need you to. Otherwise, you won't be there very long. So I was let go from that position, and I just felt like, where is God? Where is he? Why is he, you know, abandoning me? Why am I just losing everything that I have that's providing for me? And why is this happening? And those are the feelings and thoughts going through my head at the time, and I just was lost. I didn't know what to say or do. And for two years, I was without a job. Two years. I, I mean, I found things to do on the side. I was helping a friend who had a side business. I did some countertops and things like that, but I had nothing steady for two years. However, within walking distance from my apartment was a McDonald's and a Dillon's. Uh, and those two places I applied to three weeks out of the month. Every, I mean, once a week, every three weeks, uh, I, I mean, every week of those three, I would go and I would apply and I would show that I'm eager to eager to work, eager to be there. Please hire me. I want to be here. I want to be a part of the company. Um, and they just would not hire me no matter what I did uh, or anything. And honestly, when you get fired for things and it looks like that, sometimes the application you fill out speaks more than you showing up. And sadly, I think that was the case. But Ultimately, the reason I'm telling you this story is because I did not have to miss one single church service. I did not have to miss one single time of worship 
and we go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And I serve um, in tons of different ministries, so they count on me uh, to be there. And the awesome thing that God did was he provided a way, even though I was in struggle, even though things looked down and things looked like they were going wrong, God provided a way that whole time. Um, to top to top off the awfulness that I went through, um, our car broke down and we didn't have a way to fix it. We didn't have the money to fix it. And so we had no car to get around. That's just another reason that a job won't hire you is when you tell them, I don't have a car, but I can walk to your job or I can take the bus or anything like that. They're just discouraged when they they just don't think you will be able to show up. And honestly, I understand that from the employer's point of view uh, and everything. But the best thing about it was God was there the whole time. So what I did with my fourth week every week in the months was I, I focused on God and the things of God. I, I would watch preachers that I've never seen before. Or I would I would read the Bible. I would you know focus even more of my time and my free time since I had all of that free time. And I didn't know what else to do with it um, besides apply to jobs. I took more time for prayer. I took more time for you know just all of that because I knew God was faithful and I wanted to see him bring me through. And that faith that was built in me by going through that situation was is still amazing. I uh, became, I feel like, a uh, man instead of a boy. I, I became a man after God instead of just a, a boy like I was um, in youth group going to youth group and everything. I became someone who uh, loved God in in a way that I couldn't you know, put into words anymore. And I realized that he was my father. I realized that he wants good things for me. Uh, I think of the scripture that says, uh, if your son was hungry, would you give him and, and asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Would you give him a serpent if he asked for a fish? Then how much better is our, our father who is in heaven than you earthly fathers who are wicked and, and already treat your sons well? And then I'm like, oh my goodness, my God is amazing. He loves me in such an amazing way, in such a deep way that Honestly, I just never understood before that moment. He is the one who supplies my needs. He is the one, no matter who I'm actually working for, I'm working for the Lord. I'm working for God in everything I do. So that totally rocked my world. That changed the way I thought about everything. And that time that I was able to spend with God was just a reward, honestly, in my opinion, to be able to become a man of God, to be able to become someone who knew the scriptures pretty well, who, and I don't claim to be anything 
more than what I am. I, I'm just a man who had to go through a circumstance that led to a better outcome. It led to something God did in my life that I would never change. Uh, I, I didn't like going through it. I didn't like eating ramen noodles and only one chicken tender. I didn't like eating only Mc, you know, uh, uh, McDonald's dollar menu back when it was still around. Um, I didn't like that. However, it led to me understanding God in a better way, understanding that God loved me in the moment that I was in, that he was inviting me to live his will. And his will for me is to enjoy my life. His will for me is to uh, understand that he's dad and he is my provider. And that when I work a job, really, I'm working for him. That when I am in a role or a position that requires a responsibility, that ultimately I'm not working for anyone but him. So that's the amazing part of it. That's the best thing that came from my situation. I know God as daddy now. I know him as this. Uh, the other thing, the other scripture I think of um, is, is Jesus and the, the name he calls God, which is Abba, which I have done a little bit of studying and found out that Abba is actually not necessarily father, but it's more like daddy, like, hey, dad, or like a nickname you call your father that loves you. It's not a name for a rule, like enforcer that is mean and overbearing and, and you know, doesn't, doesn't love you. Uh, it's, it's for someone, you know, loves you and you're like, daddy help or, or daddy, you know, show me this daddy, I love you. And the fact that Jesus came to show us his father, I mean, nobody called him father before Jesus did. And now that we are adopted into the family by what Jesus paid for, we are now co-heirs, which a an heir means you're his son. You're the son of God. And uh, you're, you're a son when you're adopted into the family of God. We are sons and daughters of God. Uh, once we're a, a saved, born-again Christian. So the best news that I can share with you that came from all of that trial and that struggle is that I realized the amazing responsibility that we have, the amazing freedom that we have. Now that we're sons and daughters of God, we have a, a freedom that is unspeakable. We, we can navigate our worlds uh, in the coolest ways, and God gives us free reign to interact with anyone we want to, to be able to just choose what we do. And the other thing is God gives us responsibility to the people around us to share his love with them. The fact that we get to represent Jesus and represent 
God on this earth is one of the best gifts that we can have. So I hope my testimony here, though short, helps you. I hope it encourages you. And I hope that you can understand this same truth is that we are valued in God's eyes, that we are amazing to him and that we just need to realize that and grow from that and go into the world looking to change it by loving others and loving God. Hey, yes. I've, my name is Emil Dunstan, and I have seen God, His strength, His grace, through learning to deal with uh, disabilities and learning life skills. So that's where I've seen God work. Thanks. I really appreciate Remy and Daniel sharing. And what I love about their stories is it demonstrates that God knows more than we do. That God's creativity is far greater than ours. That God's goals are far more powerful than our best case scenarios. You know, and I've been sitting with that idea of best case scenario a lot. Um, there is much more of a story to this than I will tell here. But my wife and I uh, felt God nudging us, felt God inviting us to take a leap of faith towards him. And we are in a space now where we are not receiving formal incomes from jobs. And, and my wife for at least the next year, me for the foreseeable future. We're committing a year to seeking God, to working on our relationship with him, with each other in our marriage and with our family. And one of the ways that we're doing that is by connecting with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, through their discipleship training school. And my family and I are going to be going to a family DTS, family discipleship training school. It is a five to six month experience of uh, lecture phase, which is like full-time classes um, and immersion into seeking God and learning about how God's going to call us to serve in our communities and serve as a family. And then an outreach phase where we practically do the things that we have learned, where we serve communities as a team. And it's not a small thing because it's called us into a place of having to trust God more than we ever have before. Not receiving an income is hard enough on its own, but when you have a mortgage, when you have kids, uh, and then when you have expenses from the travel and the classes and the outreach, it's, it's a lot. And our best case scenario was God providing the money and the means for that, the resources, everything, uh, in, in very clear ways. And we actually knew those clear ways. We, we thought this is the way that God can do it, and he'll still get honor, but it'll be really quick and it'll be really easy. And the truth is, and we wouldn't have said this then, but what we really wanted was the convenience and the comfort. What we didn't want is the pain of having to navigate through a long season, having to navigate through fears and doubts. 
And there, there are a few things that had happened um, as we prepared <laughs> that <laughs> they, were, they were hard. Uh, they were daunting. Fear came at us hard. Um, we actually found ourselves <sighs> a week before we departed with pretty much nothing in place. We had plane tickets because we used our credit card. But we didn't know what was going to happen to our house for the months that we were gone. We didn't know how we were going to pay the mortgage while we were gone. We didn't know how God was going to use the other house that we used to live in. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go to the Crazy Prayer Thing episodes. But we were going to try to sell that in order to pay for not just the DTS for the coming year. We didn't know what was going to happen to our cat while we were gone. We needed a nanny. There was a requirement to have a nanny while we were in the lecture phase. And we didn't know what we were going to do because in all of those things, thing after thing after thing went wrong. Option after option after option fell through. For months, we were working hard and trying to address those huge, huge obstacles. And nothing seemed to be working out. And so we entered that last week before we left with pretty much nothing in place. And our humanity would say, that was not only risky, but it was stupid. Our humanity would say, hey, you tried, but this is the point where you call it. You can't go on this trip. You got the travel insurance, fortunately, so cancel the tickets, pay whatever fees, and just call it for what it was, a misunderstanding of God's call. That's what our humanity would say. But God had been working hard at showing us that he was doing something greater than what we knew. That he wasn't just trying to give us finances. He wasn't just trying to lock in our situations. God didn't care about those things as much as what he actually cared for, which is that we are being made more in his likeness, that we were coming to know him deeper. And no matter what it cost, that was vastly more important. And God was going to take care of everything else that he needed to. But he didn't want a momentary uh, solution. He wanted an internal work. And so finding ourselves in this daunting place, I was reminded of the story of Peter walking on the water. And if you'll recall... Uh, Jesus had sent the disciples out on the waves, <laughs> on the lake, and spent some time with God on his own. And then he walked out to them. And it was a storm. I mean, the waves were not only bashing the ship, but it was keeping them from moving forward so much that Jesus was just strolling on by. And they were so afraid in that moment, in general, that when they looked over and saw Jesus, they thought he was a ghost and started freaking out. And Jesus very clearly said, don't be afraid. And Peter, wanting to believe that it was Jesus, said, if it's really you, call me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. And, and Peter stepped out of the boat, stepped onto the waves, and did something that only one other person in history had ever done. He walked on water. And as he was walking, something happened. His humanity spoke up. Peter, look around you. Look at the storm. Look at the waves. You have heard of people dying before in these. You've probably seen people die in waves like these before. You know what these waves can do. You know that you are going to die. 
You can't walk on water. You're going to sink. You're going to drown. And Jesus is just going to watch you. Your friends are just going to watch you. You are going to die. And Peter's humanity hit him so hard that he began to sink. And in fear, he cried out, Lord, save me. Very gently, Jesus reached out and pulled him back on top of the waves. And he said, why were you afraid? Because here's the thing. Jesus knew about those waves. You know how he knew about them? He was standing in the same waves. He was in the exact same situation as Peter. The difference was, is he knew the power of God. He knew that those waves were no match for God. He knew that God would not let those waves destroy him. And so he had utter confidence, so much confidence that he stood on top of water. And initially when Peter stepped out, he had that same confidence because the only thing he was thinking about was walking towards Jesus. But the moment his thoughts started thinking about something else, how in the world am I walking on water? What in the world is going to happen to me? What are the people behind me going to think? Can I really trust Jesus? Uh, The moment his thoughts went there, he sank. So we were reminded of that on a Monday. The next day, we got a barrage of messages and texts from friends encouraging us to have peace. And it was like God was saying, I know there is so much for you to be afraid of. I want you to choose peace. So we claimed peace. But then God took it a step further. He nudged me to claim that he was going to give us something to celebrate. That Friday, we were going to have a send-off prayer time with friends and family. And I boldly posted on Facebook, I feel like God is going to do something for us to celebrate on Friday. I'm calling it now. That was a Tuesday. That Wednesday, we woke up. And someone that we hadn't known just a few days prior signed on to be our nanny, which was a big move because she had less of a week to prepare for a three-month journey, and she was going to have to trust God with finances. And then a few hours later, a house sitter got locked in, and a number of other things happened. I mean, those are just two, and they were big ones. But what God was showing is that he is the same God that calmed the waves then as he is now that he is powerful, that he is good, that he is loving. And so thing after thing after thing happened. That was him showing his power, but also him showing his goodness. And he provided. He didn't fix everything, and he didn't have to because we had realized that in our hardest moments, we were chasing after solutions, and what we should have been chasing after is God. Look, there's more to this story that I hope you will get to hear, possibly in season two. If not, find me in some way, shape, or form, and I am happy to share them. But I want you to hear this. No matter what you are going through, the thing that you think is the thing might not be the thing. The most important thing to happen to you right now is not for those problems to be solved or the issues to be fixed. It's for you to be drawn closer to God. Those things may be things to get you there, Those things may be things to distract you from what God is doing. But in whatever situation you are in, I encourage you to do this. Say, God, I want you to be the most important thing. I want you to be what I set my eyes on. God, there are waves that are scaring me right now, but I want to believe that you are more powerful than those waves. And I want to believe that your love is so much that you will not let me drown. Let me not be afraid. 
like Peter was afraid. Let me walk towards you in such confidence that it doesn't matter how unconfident I am. Trust God in whatever space you are in now because God is God and God is good. And then look for him. Ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?